Hayeson. Welcome to the Hayeson Gamescast, episode 141. My name is Jeffrey Morse. Joining me is Nathan Wagner. How's it going, Nathan? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing good. Thanks for, uh, for kind of hosting the, the episode from your end this week and letting me uh, join you over Skype in a way. <laughs> Appreciate it. Sure, of course. We uh, do what we have to to make the show go on. Yes. Well, we have a uh, really fun show this week. Uh, Nathan and I will be playing a uh, game that we, we played last year and had a lot of fun with. So we decided to bring it back. Well, we'll be kind of doing a draft of all of our um, you know, most anticipated 2019 video game releases. So we'll be picking all our different games uh, that we really want to play that have not yet come out this year. And that'll be a lot of fun for our main segment. But uh, as always, we have news to start the show, and that, this first news story I just put in here because I just laughed when I read it, and I, I figured our audience would get a good chuckle out of this as well, because Wolfenstein Youngblood is the, uh, the newest, latest uh, Wolfenstein game, and it uh, came out this month, and even though it came out about two weeks ago, it is officially getting a patch uh, this next week to add in, wait for it, a pause button. Huzzah! Because, you know, it, it, it would make sense, you know, for for a, a multi-million dollar budgeted uh, AAA game to launch in 2019 with offline modes to not be able to pause the game, apparently. Wait, I thought it was only online modes. Like, I was going to be like, to be fair, you know, it's an online game that you have to no. play multiplayer this right? is a game you can play in offline with no internet connection if you own the oh, game i think it, if you pop basically if you like pause the game right they have like menus and inventory and stuff but it doesn't actually pause it and so like your character can can get like shot and stuff like that and so basically they're adding in a pause where it actually pauses the game like if you want to go up and need to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or need to go do some chores or whatever you can literally pause the game and the game will actually pause rather than killing you or some other undesirable thing happening in the game because it doesn't actually <laughs> pause it. Isn't that what the uh, home button is for on all these those consoles these days? We don't need a real pause button, right? Yeah, well, uh, I'd assume it just runs in the background if, even if you hit the home button. I have <laughs> no they, idea. They can't figure out the pausing in-game technology, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Dark Souls, like you can't pause the game. It's like part of their like, this is a hardcore game and you have to be ready for anything kind of mantra. Pretty sure that that is a thing as well. So, yeah, but I, I mean, all the other past Wolfenstein and like Doom games and stuff have all had pause buttons and there's no reason for this one to not have it. <laughs> it's like shipping a Mario game where you can't pause the game. It doesn't make sense to do that. They've never done that before. It's a offline you know single player campaign experience if you wanted to experience it and yeah so anyway it's good to see that's uh, getting patched even though <laughs> you can tell the news the is just place. high and like there's so much to talk about this week yeah talking yeah. about pause buttons i thought it was funny uh it, it is pretty funny yeah summer's always a little slower for news but uh i did th think we could talk a little bit about um nintendo's uh smartphone um, applications um, because you know they've released a couple different games on smartphones now uh, their their latest being Dr. Mario World we haven't really uh, talked about it on the show yet I don't believe but uh, it's been out officially for a month now and Nintendo released numbers saying it hit about seven and a half million downloads in uh, the first month um, but only made about one and a half million dollars um, 
which for comparison, um, as far as downloads go, this is uh, less downloads than like Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem and Mario Run, but more than the Dragalia Lost game they made. Um, but as uh -huh. far as income, this is significantly uh, lower than every other mobile game Nintendo's made, which we're all above, I think, like 15 or closer to 30 million for most of them. Okay, uh, I, I have a confession to make on the show. I have yep. not downloaded this game. I kept meaning to, no, okay. and then I, I never got around to it. And then I heard other people talking on podcasts about it and videos and stuff like that. And most people were saying that there were, it was okay, but there was like too many ways to pay Nintendo. So I think it's kind of funny to hear mm -hmm. that it has made a lot less money than any other yeah, mobile it's, game it's, they've released. Microtransactions are not, not working. Basically, I think someone did the math and it's averaging out to like, under 20 cents per user is like the average like spent i guess uh -huh. um, as compared to something like dragalia loss which had less than i think like 3 million downloads but the average user was putting in like over 16 bucks per user type thing um so for whatever reason people aren't as invested in this one and um i'll, I'll kind of i've been playing it a little bit the last few weeks and i'll be sharing some impressions at the end of the show when we talk about what we're playing but um yeah i I don't really think you need to put money in this game to enjoy it. Um, like you kind of do with some of the other smartphone games, but it, it well, is interesting that's, to, that's, to see that's... this not be making as much as, you know, some of Nintendo's first initial yeah. efforts at the smartphone game. Yeah. Well, and I haven't played Dragalia Lost and I haven't played Mario, Dr. Mario, but I've played all the other Nintendo uh, mobile games they've released. And none of them, I would say, feel like you have to put money in. Um, Fire Emblem, maybe, but I never played it far enough to get to that point where I was, like, just grinding for five-star characters and stuff like that. Yeah, well, with Fire Emblem, it's more just uh, you, you're constantly, you know, paying to, to get those loot boxes with the new five-star characters, like you said. And so it's literally just going after whales who say, I'm going to keep spending real money to keep pulling characters till I get the five-star character that I want type thing. So yeah, that, but I mean, I you, play, you played Fire Emblem for a while. Uh, what was it called? For a while, Fire right? Heroes. And didn't, yeah. Heroes and yeah. didn't put any uh, money into it. I didn't put any money into it. I beat the whole like base campaign when it first came out. I did a bunch mm -hmm. of the challenges, kind of did what I wanted with the game and stepped away because they started going really weird with events and having like sexualized bunny characters for an Easter event. <laughs> like, this is no longer for me. Uh, but, but yeah, no, it, it, it was a, it was a fun game. Didn't have to put any money in. I, I don't really, I wasn't really one to get addicted to getting random characters. Yeah. I just play with whoever I got type thing. But yeah. I yeah. could tell, you know, if you really like Fire Emblem and you like those characters, I could, you know, maybe see it being more of an incentive, but for sure. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Well, we'll see if, uh, or what, or how well, uh, Mario Kart would do. I feel like that's the other thing, right? Dr. Mario isn't necessarily the biggest Nintendo IP. Something like Mario Kart obviously is always one of the best, if not the best selling, uh, you know, IP on pretty much every Nintendo console it comes out on. So when that mobile game hits, I think, I think it'll do a little bit better. I'm sure it will. Well, our next news story has to do with uh, Nintendo Switch. Um, the Nintendo Switch has officially um, gotten a new replacement model that has improved the battery life of the system. So um, this isn't you know, an entirely new Switch model or Switch Pro or anything. It's exactly the same as the original Switch. Um, it's just basically this will be the new SKU going forward. So if you were to buy a Switch you know, starting today for um, going forward, you would be getting this updated Switch 
model that has more battery life, essentially. And um, Nintendo is advertising it as having four and a half hour minimum battery life, all the way up to nine hours, obviously, depending on the and game. The original Switch was, what, three to six hours, I believe? Yeah, so it's roughly about 50% more battery. Um, they're, they're saying you'll get about five and a half hours of uh, gameplay if you're playing Breath of the Wild uh, on handheld, which is pretty impressive. I think the original Switch would die about three and a half, four hours playing uh, Breath of the yeah. Wild. So It's a it's a uh, significant upgrade, so yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's significant enough for, I think, that uh, a fraction of people to consider actually upgrading or <laughs> trading in their Switch you know, to get this newer one if they yeah. play a lot in handheld. Uh, for me personally, I don't play enough in handheld where I drain my battery very often, so it's not a big deal for me. Uh, what about you? Um, I haven't really had an issue draining my battery. Um, for the most part, if I'm playing my Switch handheld, I'm not taking it for long, long excursions where I won't have access to power to be able to charge it. Um, I did see that uh, I believe it's GameStop is offering an extra $25 if you trade in your original Switch right now. So you can get $225 for your Switch towards a new $300 Switch SKU at GameStop. Mm, nice. So you can basically upgrade it for $75 um, if you'd is like. It better which is battery a nice little... worth $75 to you. That yeah. is the question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you have kind of crappy Joy-Cons that you want to replace too and stuff like that. Maybe That's a some... good point. Although GameStop usually checks all that stuff pretty a lot so yeah and i and we don't really know if the the joy cons coming with this new switch model will fix the drifting problem or you know have yeah that's true that's be a significant (laughs) improvement i would hope that they would but you know i think it'll be something where time will tell with you know after i've used it for a year or two is are there been any issues with the joy cons yeah so yeah for sure that's a good point yeah, it is good to see Nintendo just kind of, you know, on the sly, kind of upgrade the the base model of the Switch, make it a little bit better, and, you know, not not charge a, a higher price tag for that. You know, we saw this with, obviously, the, the Xbox uh, One with the revision getting the Xbox One S. Um, that added uh, quite, a, quite a few new features, but basically just replaced the original. Um, and then the PS4 did this as well by putting a newer, slimmer, quieter model of the just uh, base PS4, so... Yeah, it's basically Good. standard practice at this point. So yes, Good for Nintendo, <laughs> it was expected at some point. And yes. I think battery life was probably one of the biggest uh, issues most people had with the base uh, Switch model. So it's good, good to see that get jumped up. Definitely. Well, our next news story has to do with Evo, which is uh, the biggest fighting game tournament of the year. It just happened uh, this last uh, week, and um, for me, I, I'm a really big fighting game fan. I, you know. You guys know I own tons of different fighting games. Love love getting into the grind of uh, playing those games online and stuff. But uh, I, I always tune into Evo specifically to watch uh, Street Fighter because um, I just think that's a really always a really fun game to watch. And I, I, I played the Street Fighter series a lot. And then obviously whatever the latest uh, Smash Bros. game is. And so this was uh, a big year because Super Smash Bros. Ultimate obviously – um, was in this year's tournament. It was the first year since, you know, wasn't wasn't out last summer. And um, they officially broke Evo records for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, if you were um, anyone. As far as, like, how many people competed? As, as far as how many people competed, they had over 3,000 people sign up for this uh, and participate in this tournament. And they moved uh, the, basically, the the slot for the grand finals uh, to its biggest grand stage primetime slot. So, basically saying super smash Bros. ultimate is the officially the biggest fighting game in the world. You know, that was <laughs> pretty much declared by, by giving it that primetime spot. And then it also broke records as far as viewership. And it had 
um, the most uh, concurrent viewers on uh, ever on a, a Evo Championship stream. So, needless to say, people really, really like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, playing it, watching it, and everything about it. Um, the interesting thing about the tournament was um, the winning character uh, was a Joker, which obviously was the first DLC character. And, um, you know, I was talking to my brother about this. And when I played Smash Bros. with him last, he really didn't like Joker. He thought he felt overpowered and stuff because he was, you know, a newer character with all these different gimmicks and can bring up the persona and everything. But uh, that's not necessarily the case because MK Leo is the, uh, the name of the champion. And he used Joker exclusively through the tournament. And he was the only uh, player to be using Joker inside of the top 30 um, placed uh, players. So it wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't like a good grief. I can't think of any OP characters. <laughs> well, like in Smash 4, for example. Um, he wasn't like Bayonetta after, or something yeah, like after that. After Bayonetta came out, we had so many grand finals, which was Bayonetta versus Bayonetta. And yeah. she was obviously the best character in the meta. And mm -hmm. everyone was playing Bay Bayonetta. But no one's really playing Joker. This is the only person who somehow mastered this character. And no one else has like been able to figure out how to use this character as good as MK Leo does. And so to see him pull off this win as Joker or as a character, you know, who's not only new, but, uh, you know, he's really the only one in the world who can play at this high of a level uh, with the character, I think was just really fun for me to watch, even though, again, like, I'm not even a super big fan of the character, but definitely check out the grand finals for Evo. Um, it was really cool because he got down uh, two one and then the final game, he was one stock away from being eliminated and losing the tournament in the finals. And uh, the other guy still had three stocks. <laughs> and he came back and took all three stocks of the guy and proceeded to reset the bracket and win the next, like, five in a row rounds to just win the championship. And then the same thing happened uh, the next week in Super Smash Con, which is another giant Smash tournament. He won it again as Joker doing the same thing, making an awesome comeback and winning as Joker. And so he's, you know, pretty much the definitive number one player in the world. And um, it's not really debatable anymore so if, if you like smash bros a competitive player maybe you're interested in seeing how high level uh players play definitely check it out um mk leo's name of the champion if you just type in his name um you can watch his uh some of his replays on youtube he formerly awesome. played ike before he did joker which okay was, was i feel like cool those are very different characters like ike is you know heavy <laughs> joker is much saying. quicker like, and he picked up joker like right when he first came out and used him like the first tournament joker was legal in and yeah. he got like didn't even like crack top 25 or something like he didn't even do that good which uh -huh. showed like you know he was still learning the character and now that he's like learned the character and mastered it he's just unstoppable as joker so now important important <laughs> uh to note that the dragon quest hero was not legal for evo right because he had just come out yes, a couple days that's correct yeah dragon quest hero was not eligible for evo he was in smash con um though and okay there, there was a few characters who pulled him out but really no one was using hero uh at least not yet so not yet, we'll, yeah. we'll see maybe if people learn him and play a little bit better but i did watch one match where uh salem who's a big smash uh, four and brawl player played leffen who's one of the biggest melee players in the world and uh basically in the final round they had were split he switched to hero and everyone's like why we're seeing him switch to hero and he like just pulled up all these crazy rng moves i ended up losing but it was, it was a really fun match to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's entertaining what a steep on him it was a uh, pokemon trainer versus uh versus Le versus salem who was a uh, hero it was really fun okay. awesome. um oh then the last thing i did want to notice or note as well was 
I wanted to just give a shout out to MK Leo for having amazing sportsmanship because, you know, obviously sports, whether it's esports or real sports, you know, are very competitive. You're playing for very high stakes, you know, like going from first to second is a very, very large difference in the amount of the, the money you're winning. And um, when he won Super Smash Con, he just kind of like slowly stood up, you know, shook the hand of his competitor and just kind of stood there and didn't really celebrate or anything as everyone else around him was freaking out. And his interview right afterwards, he's like, yeah, you know, I just, you know, I, I was, I'm excited obviously, but you know, he, he played a really good game and I had that comeback and I've been in a spot like that where I've lost really close games and I know it really stinks and he's probably super angry and mad and I didn't want to make that worse for him. You know, I felt really bad for him, but we just had a great game and I'm, I'm glad that I guess I won. Wow. <laughs> How often do you see that from yeah, you know, the that best is... player in the world at, you know, whatever Anything. it is. Yeah, exactly. So, that's, that's refreshing. Yeah, pretty refreshing. Seems like a really, really neat guy. But anyways, moving on. Nice. Uh, Nathan, I, I I heard you found out about a new leak. Of a yes, upcoming... there was, there's a new leak. This is for, comes from the web, uh, website pushsquare.com that primarily covers PlayStation. Um, and uh, this is the fact that uh, Need for Speed Heat is the newest game in the Need for Speed series. Um, this is not official yet. This is leaked. There's a leaked logo that leaked along with a screenshot from what looks to be the upcoming trailer. Um, there's a, It's good to note there's a countdown on the Need for Speed website that uh, is supposed to expire tomorrow. We are recording this on Tuesday, August 13th. So, um, so we sure do know will... there is a new announcement coming, but coming. it looks like we kind of know some details ahead of time. Exactly. Exactly. So this will should be announced tomorrow. But it looks like the newest Need for Speed game is called Heat. Um, it looks to be set in Miami. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Need for Speed hasn't done that well for, I feel like, 10 years or something like that was the yeah, last time. But a while. Really, It's been a while since there was a really good Need for Speed game. So we'll see if uh, this new one can uh, get people on board and be exciting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, especially this generation... If you want to play like a good racing game on PlayStation or Xbox, you pretty much have to play Forza if you're on Xbox or Gran Turismo if you're on PlayStation. And you don't really have very many good options outside of that. So, I mean, I, I really hope this game looks good and does some cool stuff and is successful. But, you know, this being EA and the last couple of games not being so good, you know, I, I'll kind of hold hold back on my excitement until uh, until it releases. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the heat thing just to know it's the same exact color as the miami heat uh, miami vice jerseys the <laughs> basketball team so someone could have put this together or maybe they're partnering with them that would be super cool so you get to, um, to play as like maybe Dwayne wade is in the Dwayne game wade. or something yeah. like that yeah i, I could can, totally see him making a cameo or something can we have like this that. like be based in or set in 2005 with like the alonzo morning gary payton uh shaquille neal like uh heat team that'd be awesome Dude, that 2016 when uh he won the mvp for nba finals he was very good yeah all right just well set, set that year. that'd be fun yeah sounds good to me we will wait and see um i'm sure you'll be uh we'll wake up tomorrow and we'll see all the gritty details or True. hopefully fun details uh our next story is about uh loot boxes over the last week um Basically, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, um, this comes from the ESA, um, they basically all announced that we'll be disclosing loot box odds um, in future games that are released on their platforms. And what this means is it doesn't mean that just games made by Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, but games that are released on their platforms um, 
they're going to require developers and publishers to disclose uh, the loot box odds on all of their platforms. Um, the quote says, specifically, this would apply to new games and game updates that add loot box features. It would require the disclosure of the relative rarity or probabilities of obtaining randomized virtual items in games that are available on their platforms. Hmm. So this is one answer, I guess, to the ongoing loot box discussion. And even, you know, there's legislation not only mm. in other countries around the world, but now that's been introduced in America as well to, uh, you know, get rid of loot boxes because of the problems they pose to gambling with minors and all this other stuff. So this is one step towards, I guess, addressing that issue. Yeah, which, which you know, it, I think it's a step in the right direction, obviously. Will it solve a lot of the issues people have with loot boxes? Probably not, but at least you're getting a full disclosure as to what you are purchasing or putting your money towards. You know, it, are you really, you know, going to spend some money if you know you have, for example, less than a 1% chance of getting, you know, the five-star character or whatever it is in the loot box that you really want. So um, I think, think, it's, think it's good to see, and especially, you know, it's always good to see Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all agree on something. And, you know, if they're all agreeing on it, then, you know, that pretty much means all other developers and publishers will have to uh, abide by it as well. So Exactly. It's a good move and a step in the right direction. Yes. So... Our last news story is one I'm personally really excited about because um, at Super Smash Con, um, this is obviously a convention for all the Smash Bros. games and any you know Smash Bros.-like games. So Rivals of Aether had a presence there as well. Um, and you know they, they said that Shovel Knight was their kind of final DLC character. However, they announced that they are going to um, be updating the game at a later time. We don't know the date yet to support custom characters via steam workshop and um if you're unfamiliar with steam workshop basically it's a kind of built-in modding tool that steam has that allows um users and players of games to basically um add in special features or characters and items and things to games that have this um ability enabled so um basically uh for rivals if you really like pixel art or you're really creative and or you really just really love the game and want to see a I don't know, some type of character that's your favorite animal or whatever it is, you can literally make the character, put it in the game, and then upload it online for other users to download and play with as well for free. So um, really, really excited for this because they showed off um, a trailer of already, like they had a, just some guy who partnered with them and just made their own character using Steam Workshop and uh, put it in the game and it's this really cool panda character that uses like trees and bamboo shoots to like attack and stuff and it looked it looked like it was like pretty much an official character like it was so well done so i'm really excited for this to just launch and see what cool creations people come up with and um hopefully um you know they they said you know they're still working on putting the definitive edition out on switch that you know once this comes out on switch and um maybe we'll start to see some of these really cool custom characters come to consoles as well because that'd be that'd be awesome to see more content come to the game obviously as well. yeah for sure that would be that's really neat that um they're you know even working with people who are putting this together and saying hey yeah we'll support you and help you in at least some small way with your character yeah and you know an example i saw uh because i was researching steam workshop a little bit and uh uh-huh Another indie game that had a really big success uh, with this feature of Steam uh, was Binding of Isaac, um, okay. which, you know, is kind of a dual stick dungeon shooter. And basically 
when you do different runs, it's a roguelike where, you know, you find different random weapons and items every run. And basically they said, hey, you know, you got a cool idea for an item, you know, make it yourself, put it in Steam Workshop, try it out in the game. And then what the developer and publisher did said, hey, you know, if we really like your creation, um, we'll work with you and we will put it into the console versions of the game via a free update. And so basically the console versions of the games got the best of the best of all these custom created things from the community. And so it'd be really cool to see a similar approach um, for Rivals to see some of the really cool characters, you know, just come out for come out for a console and stuff like that. So, yeah, that would be really neat. And most importantly, we can now finally have Car from Rocket League as an official playable character. Car from Rocket League. It's like it's oh, like man. an ongoing joke in the community is like, what what in, what's a big indie game that should be in? And everyone's like Rocket League. You know, we got to put the car from Rocket League in as a character. <laughs> so there's there's a really big YouTuber who's uh, already been publicly posting about fi- looking to do a commission for someone to make uh, the the car <laughs> to add into to the game. So I, I'm really excited to see what comes of it. Great, that sounds like fun. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into our main segment uh, for today's episode. Um, like I said, we are going to be drafting um, some upcoming 2019 video game releases. Uh, rules of the game, if you uh, don't remember how we played this last year, is um, we're imagining that Nathan and I um, are walking into a game store to buy a game, but they only have one copy of every game that is coming out for the rest of the calendar year. And Nathan and I get to take turns picking one game at a time. And for example, if I pick to uh, get Pokemon as my first game, Nathan can no longer buy or play Pokemon ever for the rest of his life. So very, very high stakes. Very mean, that's very high stakes. Um, So whatever game you pick, make sure you are picking one that you just are really sure that you want to play for a long time and you don't want to uh, you know, go without playing. Um, and yeah, I think that explains it. Is that you know, any clarifying questions or things? Um, like that, no, I think, I think, and we we're picking five games. Is that correct? Yeah. L- let's go and shoot for five. And then we can okay. kind of talk about, obviously we'll talk about, you know, why we're excited and why we're yeah. picking, picking these games. Yeah. And um, we, I went ahead and kind of, we put together a list of some of the biggest releases Um, this list does not include every yeah. game releasing for the rest of 2019, because that would be like multiple thousands of games, <laughs> including all the different yes. games that come out on Steam. Yeah, no, it's, like it's that, a big so. list, but we'll try to, you know, we'll be picking yeah. 10 games, five, five uh, games each. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will go ahead and defer yeah, to you, you s- Nathan. I, d- I don't remember if I started last year. I, I think I actually first. started last year, so I'm going to tell you to go first, actually, as no, kind as that is. Hey. Yeah, so I'll, I'll that, give you first pick. That is fine with me because there's no way I'm missing out on Luigi's Mansion 3. <laughs> uh, that is my first draft pick. Number one overall, Luigi's Mansion. And, um, I mean, I already have this game pre-ordered. It's the only game on this list that I pre-ordered, so that should tell you already. You know, it, it, it's my first draft pick. Uh, but, no, I have such, such fondness for uh, just the series in general. You know, playing the original on the GameCube is some of my favorite memories um, as a gamer growing up um, just playing through that game so many different times with my brothers. And, you know, when we first got our GameCube, my parents had it on like a very, very like monitored, like screen time limit. And so like we only got to play this game in like 20 minute, like segments, for, uh-huh. like the first year we had it. So like <laughs> so it took you a while every then. 20 minutes was completely cherished. And like we would plan out, you know, what we would do for our next like <laughs> play <laughs> session because we were so like excited and wanted to maximize, you know, our progress in the game. So, uh, so yeah, just 
Lo- love the original. Had to wait over a decade for uh, the sequel on 3DS, and thankfully haven't had to wait quite as long uh, for a uh, you know third game in the series. But yeah, this one looks like it's the best uh, of kind of both worlds of kind of the the spookier big mansion vibes from the first one, but having um, lots of different uh, fun multiplayer and co-op stuff as well, and, and some sillier stuff from the uh, 3DS version. And yeah, it just looks really really polished, really really good, and I don't think I would be a happy camper if uh, I wasn't able to play this one. That that hurts right off the bat. I have to I have to say I was very much looking forward to Luigi's Mansion Three, um, especially everything that they showed at E3 just made me very very excited. I didn't play the original actually. My first one was the 3DS one, and I had a ton yeah. of fun with it. So I am sad to miss out on that. But I have to go with the uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening as my first. First pick, as you guys know, if you've listened to the show at all, I'm a huge Wait, Zelda fan. David's first pick was a Zelda game, and my first uh, pick was a Mario game? Yeah, <laughs> we're just very on brand. If only Rob was here, he could, uh, well, what's on here? Oh, there's like a, there's a strategy game he could pick. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I played Link's Awakening on the 3DS, like the Game Boy Color version of it on the 3DS about four years ago and i didn't beat it i got i think about halfway through it and then kind of stopped playing i think because i think i got lost somewhere and then i tried to go back to it and didn't know what was happening but the art style of this game looks absolutely amazing i love what they're doing with it almost looks like a claymation or something like that looks so cute and it's a zelda game that i haven't finished before and it's on switch and it's basically everything i could want from a remake so it looks really cool it also has that dungeon um kind of maker half maker feature thing that'll be interesting as well to play around with do we know if that dungeon maker is is it gonna be online at all or do you just make your own and play through by yourself i know i think i think it's online and you can share it with your friends and stuff like that. that's awesome um so yeah that'll be a a really neat feature as well this is the only game that i have pre-ordered for the rest of 2019 (laughs) so (laughs) in real life Uh, confession i don't have this game pre-ordered although i am definitely interested in it but i do or i may may or may not have the Link's awakening amiibo pre-ordered because it looks amazing dude uh my brother has the uh Link's amiibo the link amiibo (laughs) pre-ordered and you know he i don't think he even owns any other amiibo i think he owns like one other one or something like that so So he's not an addict like me no exactly although i will tell you amazing this amiibo it, you can't play this ever because I picked it, but you should have picked it because it has the Zelda game with the most amount of Mario characters and Mario references of any Zelda That's game. That's true. We so. got Chain Chomps in there. There's Goombas. I think there might be Koopas in some parts of it. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, this game just looks awesome because I was the same. I, I didn't play Link's Awakening growing up, but I did pick it up on the 3DS as well. Played through most of it. And it's just such a, such a kind of a weird Zelda game. There's so many different little tiny, weird, funny, charming things. And it's not like it's not like Majora's Mask weird where it's like dark, creepy weird. It's just like super silly and random weird. So I, I definitely appreciate it for, for what it tries to do. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, your second pick, Jeffrey. Right. That is a good pick. Uh, man, second. There's so many. Hmm. I will have to go. I'll just have to go with Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Um, th- that's on the <laughs> list here. Everyone knows I love Destiny. Uh, Shadowkeep looks to be pretty awesome, even though it's apparently taking up like 160 gigabytes uh, once it comes out on my hard drive that I need to delete a bunch of games for. Um, 
but yeah, just with Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, it looks good because um, they are finally adding in uh, crossplay, and I think there'll be a lot of new players jumping in with the the free version too. So it should be a fun time to you know just have a bunch of people online playing Destiny together. I haven't played quite as much Destiny this summer, um, but you know this is a really major content release, and those times are always you know a lot of fun for that that first month of. Uh, new content in destiny is always always a ton of fun so yeah everyone jumps back in everyone's playing again you can yes maybe catch i know i'm the type of person who plays for a month and then it kind of dips out and doesn't play for a long time yeah. so you catch yeah. up with slackers exactly. like me and there'll be there'll like be that. a lot a lot of people online a lot of people to run stuff with and then um just obviously with this being a new major content it's the first major content since bungie has gone independent and so it'll be kind of cool to see um, hopefully what will be some of their best content to come moving forward. So, yeah. Awesome. Good pick. Um, I am going to go my second pick. I'm going to go ahead and pick star Wars Jedi fallen order. Um, Ooh, okay. This is a game that going with an EA game, at number an two. EA game. I know, right? It's a single player star Wars game. The thing that we've been asking for, for a very long time, <laughs> if we don't buy it, and support it like ea will forever kill off any notion of single player if they haven't already so we need to get behind it and support it and also as an obligation as a star wars and single player video game fan that you need to get this game yes a little bit i'm i think if rob (laughs) was on the show this probably would have been his first pick first pick actually yeah probably but um it it does the uh demo they did at e3 actually really excited me for kind of what the game looks like it's looks like it has an interesting story and the the combat looks varied enough um i think the force powers look really really awesome and reading different previews of people playing it um most of them were pretty encouraging and saying that the uh the force powers and stuff like that were a lot of fun and weren't too bland and were varied enough so that's good and then the fact that they the developers went ahead and were like, oh, yeah, and this isn't just like a single-player story-driven, you know, place-to-place Uncharted-style game. This is actually more like a Metroid game where you kind of go go to different planets and kind of backtrack and find yeah. have to find different secrets and stuff like I, that. I, I want to see more of that. totally that's, spoke to me. That's Yeah, that sounds really exciting if there is a ton of exploration and side stuff that you can, can do in the game. So uh, this is definitely a game I'm, I'm interested in, but I'm not super bummed that you picked it as your second choice because this will be a game... I'll probably play at some point, but we'll probably not be getting uh, for a while. Yeah, yeah. But of course, uh, if we play by the rules of our game, I can't play it ever. So you can walk. never play it again. So <laughs> or again, excuse me, ever at all. So sad. <laughs> yep. Well, I think for my number three pick, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go Gears Five. Um, that comes out in less than a month now, uh, September sixth uh, for Game Pass users and. I'm mostly just looking for this just for the opportunity to play through this campaign with my friend Chris because we played through all of Gears 4's campaign together, co-op, and it was so much fun. And, you know, this game just looks as a natural evolution of the Gears franchise where, you know, Gears 4 is very much um, very kind of standard Gears of War. They didn't really try anything new. They were just kind of proving that they could make a Gears of War game on their own because, um, you know, it's developed by its own independent studio now. Uh, the original games were made by Epic Studios, who are obviously just doing Fortnite now. Um, so with Gears 5, they're kind of looking at, okay, now that we know how Gears works, we've made our own game, it was very safe. Let's take a little bit more risk, let's add new things and make it kind of our own and expand the 
the franchise. So it looks looks just really good overall. I'm really excited to uh, jump into it, mostly for the campaign, and then obviously the new three-player split-screen mode and the uh, kind of the escape escape room uh, levels too. So yeah, it looks like they're adding a fair amount, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, I haven't played a Gears game since Gears Three, but I mean, I'm I'm considering just buying a cheap like third Xbox <laughs> One controller just. So I can have like you and Rob or, you know, two friends over and play yeah. that three player co-op split screen mode because it looks super fun. And super That's replayable. impressive that you can play three players local. I don't know what the last game was that did that. On yeah, <laughs> like a, a shooting game that did that. Right. Like yeah. gone are the days, you know, of Halo 3 and stuff. You know, I, I guess, you know, Borderlands 2, I think, can do that. But I, I don't know about the, the third one. Yeah, but de- definitely cool to see the developers that being big fans of couch co-op. I, I always love that, and I'll, I'll always try to support that. So. Sweet. Um, my third pick, I think I'm going to go with Pokemon uh, Sword or Shield. I still haven't chosen one of the two, so um, but I'll choose the Pokemon game. You're saying you might choose a shield over a sword? But what is wrong with you? Who, hey. who, who walks into an armory and says, let me grab a shield. All right. Um, I'm ready to go over a, a sword. You always go for uh, the weapon. I've watched too much Captain America in my life. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. I kind of like to pick... Sometimes I like to pick the one that no one else... That less people pick. Like, I picked Moon over uh, Sun I, and I, stuff I'm like just that. Kidding, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, the changes that... You know, it's the first console Pokemon game, right? technically that they're you know they're not doing everything we want them to do but the changes they're making like adding the wild area is very exciting i think that looks cool um being able to control the camera at least in that area um some of the gym leaders and stuff they've announced that they're doing with the gyms um is very interesting to me and then it's a fun pokemon game it'll have full online multiplayer and stuff like that unlike pokemon pikachu and let's go pikachu and let's go eevee yeah, which like online and that was the dash. online was so bad it was like match these five pokemon characters and if you match with someone else you might get to play them it's great so uh that's interesting to me as well and i think the region looks really neat um there are a lot of new pokemon um that actually i like the pokemon designs that they've showed off for the most part they you know they did a video a couple weeks ago that showed off um couple of different well ones announced that they're doing galar form similar to how they did the uh okay i i saw that yeah yes so they're basically like <clears throat> taking a pokemon and giving them kind of different abilities and a different look kind of like they did with the the aloha pokemon right yep yep yeah I, i'm really excited just because sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh excuse me uh but they announced that wheezing is getting an alternate form that literally gets giant top hats that are like chimneys and smokes coming out. And then they have like beards and mustaches. He looks literally like straight out of, out of the industrial revolution. Sorry. Yeah. He look he looks straight out of, out yeah. of the industrial oh, yeah. revolution. So very core to the, Hey, we're doing the hilarious. UK is a gentleman, gentleman, Weezer and coffee. Which <laughs> I never thought I would see. <laughs> no. They they have to start getting even more creative because they've done so many Pokemon. So and they're doing a good That's job true. so far. So that is my third pick. All right, all right. Well, I think for number three, um, wait, I already did. You're, three. On, you're number on four, four yeah. for me. With the <clears throat> risk of sounding like a shooting 
game addict. Wait, wait. So you have uh, Destiny, we'll Gears of War, and Doom Eternal now. And Doom okay, you yes. you gore hound. Hey, I would have picked probably those three that you picked, uh, but since you've picked them, yes. I have no choice but to pick Doom okay. Eternal. Um, I actually went back to uh, uh, 2016's Doom uh, mm-hmm. this last week and um, played through some of the first levels in arcade mode, which I never tried before, uh, which is really fun. You can just go through quickly and get tons of different bonus points and medals and stuff. And um, mess around a little bit more with a snap map editor. Like they had this really cool uh, custom content creator for consoles where you could make this your own levels and maps with own boss fights and worlds and different abilities and stuff. And it was really, really uh, in depth. So I'm excited to see how that future kind of evolves in the, in the new one. Plus obviously just, through the campaign and just the the feel of that fps is you know one of the best feeling shooters on the market like you know besides destiny i'd say you know doom eternal is probably the best um you know feeling fps game it just plays really well it's fast and furious it encourages you to experiment with different weapons and get up close and personal and so um yeah the new one will be a lot of fun um i'm excited to uh to try it out at some point nice yeah, it looks uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, Doom twenty sixteen like more of Doom, which yeah. is what we want. <laughs> yeah, and Doom twenty sixteen was awesome. So this looks you, you bigger, don't you don't have better. to change the formula that much. Exactly, exactly. They added in a grappling hook, right? Yeah, they did. So there, there's definitely some new features. I'm actually pretty surprised of how many new kind of new things we already kind of know about. But um, uh, yeah, and then story wise too, that the first one left off with a, with a bit of a cliffhanger. I won't, I won't give any uh, spoilers, but uh, I'm excited to kind of see, uh, you know, where the the narrative takes us to and what crazy locations you go to because you go to some pretty bizarre uh, set pieces in the different stages. So it'll be fun. Cool. Uh, the next one, my next one, might surprise you a little bit, um, but I am going to go with my fourth game is Untitled Goose Game, which is. <laughs> you goose <laughs> the uh indie game that i think was supposed to release last year and then was like oh it's gonna be early 2019 and it still it still doesn't have a release date although it has 2019 which is why it's on this list um this game looks absolutely hilarious the art style looks great as well i still have no idea what you do besides be a goose and go around and basically goose. ruin people's lives but that's all i want from a video game so i am in yeah i think i remember like watching with the original trailers and it's like goose game it's like go bite the farmer's hat and run away from it as he chases as he chases you just like random stuff like that so definitely looks hilarious i'm excited to see uh, more of this game yeah yeah um it's it's piqued my interest enough to make it onto this uh drafting of my top five (laughs) which might speak to my enthusiasm for the rest of this list but uh i also kind of hope that its final name ends up being Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> uh, I feel like it has to at this so point. At this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think it has to. I mean, what what else is there to say, right? Like, yeah, it it, it, it kind of encapsulates it perfectly. Like, if you make it into some cheesy thing, it'll just sound like a terrible mobile game or something. Like, yeah, exactly. Goose Chase or something like that sounds like shovelware, right? Yeah. So I like Untitled Goose Game. I hope they keep that. Yeah, I I agree. All right. Well, I think that goes to our final round. We've got some. So let me just read a couple of the games we have left because we, yeah. we have some big hitters. We have Borderlands Three still on this list. Uh, we have Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, 
Outer Worlds is still on here. Uh, stop, stop naming shooting games. I'm trying not to pick a shooting game again. Uh, Death Stranding is still on here. Kojima's crazy game. If we were anyone else besides us, I think this game would have been one of the first picks. But... I'm, ex- I'm ex- kind of excited to see how that game reviews and how it plays because I still yeah. don't really understand the gameplay. I'm but... so curious about it because not because the, the story is just going to be like crazy, but yeah. like, for we'll example, like Metal Gear Solid 5 was a... V- had less story and it was a very good playing game yeah but so true. far all the trailers for death stranding just look like yeah gameplay doesn't look very fun. <laughs> yeah no it looks like a walking simulator from you know with third person controls yeah. and maybe oh, yeah. a little bit of combat the reason i love metal Gear solid 5 is it literally just dropped you in a giant sandbox and you could equip any you know hundreds of different weapons and tools and go about doing your missions any way you wanted to and this looks very much like a narrative like you said mostly walking around and being doing stealth stuff so yeah definitely definitely a different vibe but that kojima weirdness is obviously still there but um also kind of look at the list i'm seeing i'm seeing a concrete genie which looks pretty cool astral chain is new platinum game but i'm i've i've tried a couple different platinum games like i bought wonderful 101 and like bayonetta and I like lose interest in those games after like a week and I just, they're not really for me, I guess. So I yeah, I mean the all pretty much all of platinum's like, you know, really good games. They're a very specific type of action style game Yeah, and they're either for you and you really enjoy them or they're not for you. Yes. They're, they're very, very uh, Japanese gamer oriented as well. Um, I don't mean that in a dismissive way. It's just that most of the games I play, um, or enjoy aren't really in that style. So yeah. I, I think I'll just have to go with ukulele and the impossible lair. Um, <laughs> uh, you because... put impossible liar here actually on our list. <laughs> it's an impossible liar. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's uh, obviously the kind of the sequel to ukulele, um, which, you know, I, I kickstarted. I, I enjoyed for the most part. It obviously wasn't perfect. Had, had some flaws with camera and some of the worlds uh, not being as good. Um, but I'm really excited for this one because it looks a lot smaller in scope. And so I think it'll be a lot more focused. And I think there's about, um, I think it's like 20 levels or something. And then e- each level can be played a second time uh, after like it gets mod- a modified version. It's basically you're wandering around like a world map and like kind of a 3D world map. But the levels kind of play in almost like a 2.5D style where you're going from left to right. And so it looks a little bit closer to almost like Donkey Kong Country rather than Donkey Kong 64. Um, and then obviously the soundtracks by, you know, Grant Kirkhope and David Wise again, who did Ukulele 1 and, you know, obviously all the Donkey Kong games before that. And um, it just looks like a really fun little platformer. And they've, just from what I've seen, I watch a lot of coverage on it. It looks like it'll be fun time, probably not, you know, game of the year or anything, but should be a fun, you know, side-scrolling indie game and excited to see you know what platonic continues to do since the majority of that team is comprised of people who made up uh one of my favorite games of all time uh with donkey kong country 2 and you know the original rare donkey kong games so um yeah i'll go with ukulele okay and that that it you know it doesn't have a release date yet but it's supposed to be this year so hopefully it doesn't get delayed obviously it could i know the Original ukulele did get, um, I think, a couple delays, but yeah, I th- I feel like they're pretty confident in it, so I, I kind of have a feeling that I think it will hit this year. So sweet, I hope so. Yeah, that would be great. Um, uh, I as, am as, a quick question for you, Nathan. As someone yeah. who didn't really play uh, the first ukulele, uh, does this one interest you more or less than the original? Okay, so 
the first ukulele actually when they announced it i was very excited for it because you know i grew up playing n64 and playing those 3d platformers and then i think i played basically like most of the first world either at your house or a couple of their friends houses so i played kind of the the base um first level that they introduced Mm -hmm. and then i kind of looked at reviews when it came out and they were very mixed like you know there weren't as many levels as people were hoping (laughs) there was one that was really bad so that was discounted so i kind of just was like "Eh, it's not really for me so um for impossible lair it looks like is it it's co-op right can you play with two people or is it only single player um, I don't think so. I think it's single player. Oh, okay. If it was co-op, like a Donkey Kong Country game, I feel like I would be very excited for it because I enjoy <laughs> playing those style like 2D games with someone who's actually good because I'm bad at them. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it looks really cute and I think the, the levels look really charming and I really like kind of the visual design and stuff like that. But I feel like it would be a game that I would pick up, play for maybe a couple hours and then get to a part that I couldn't get past and then put it down and not play it again so (laughs) (laughs) well the the cool thing about it too is uh you know the whole impossible layer thing is kind of like the final boss fight you have to go into this layer that's impossible to like conquer and find your way through Mm -hmm. um and you can go into that layer anytime you want just the more levels you complete kind of the the better equipped you are to uh beat the final layer and so I think that's kind of a cool mechanic that'll be kind of fun to, to mess around with where, you know, you can beat the game really early on. It'll just be super difficult. Or if you take the time to beat like the level, then, you know, the final level will be pretty easy. So I, I kind of, kind of like that approach. You don't see a lot of side scrolling games do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. seems cool. But anyways, uh, going on to your, your last pick um, here. Choose my carefully. last pick, I'm waffling between two different things. One that it's a game I literally buy every year. But I think I'm I think I'm gonna go interesting and I'm going to go with Biomutant as my last pick for um, which has a release date of twenty nineteen. It doesn't have like a date beyond that, so it could very easily slip. But as of now it's a twenty nineteen game and I like have we played a demo of it at PAX last uh, PAX West last year, and I remember having a lot of fun with that demo and I like the idea of kind of being able to create your own character and run around in an interesting world i like the fact that it's animalistic um like yeah. kind of half realism but also you know there's kinda, ana- the, yeah the art style is definitely kind of realistic like you said but with the animals and stuff it almost kind of gives it a, a cartoony feel almost kind of like a ratchet and clank type feel. yeah exactly exactly and it's mm-hmm. you know a mix of combat and there's some platforming as well so it, se- it seems like a really really neat game and i you know i I don't know if it'll be a really good game, but it, it at least has piqued my interest. Um, and I think it's probably the most interesting game on the rest of this list. So that is why I'm going to pick it as my final yeah. game for 2019. Nice. So a lot, lot of good, uh, good single player games on your list there, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, you know, the older I get, the less I want to play. <laughs> Actually, it's just more the hassle of trying to get together with other people. Like I feel like more and more <laughs> I play video games either very late at night or like in the morning before I go to work. And especially if I'm playing in the yeah. morning, like most people are not on, so it's harder to be able to play with other people. Yeah, I mean, even just like with Mario Maker Two, you can play that like together locally, and we both had that game like for the whole summer. And we finally, it was the first time I had played it locally with a friend uh, was like this last week. Yeah, this past week. Over. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I feel you. Feel you there. Which, um, I guess, since we're kind of done with this segment, um, we can jump into what we're playing. Uh, what did you think of uh, the Mario Maker Two? Uh, local multiplayer 
Um, it was really so we played local multiplayer two different switches. Um, which I thought was pretty good. Like it was nice to be able to play multiplayer, and not have at least for me, I didn't have a ton of lag on my switch, and it was um nice to be able to do that with a friend because Nintendo still hasn't patched away for you to be able to do that online with friends. Yes. So that was cool. Um, it was kind of weird that you couldn't. You, you don't have to share the screen, so that's that's yeah. one of the my yeah, favorite things about exactly. it. Exactly. Right. It was kind of weird that you could only. It was the same as other multiplayer. Like you just kind of picked a difficulty, easy, medium, hard, expert, and mm-hmm. then it just gave you a bunch of random levels. Um, it would be nice to be able to set up a room and say, "Hey, let's uh, it take turns picking different levels that we can play that we've created or that uh, maybe we have downloaded on our Switch or something like that." That would be nice. Yeah, I mean, like. How fun would it be to you know get a bunch of friends over and be like, okay, I, I just made this crazy level for for this multiplayer session with all four of us that you guys are gonna love it, but there's literally no way to do that uh, without playing the same system. Which obviously you can do it on the same system, but it's just you know it's not not quite as good and not not uh, the same experience when you're having to share a screen, especially with if you have a level that's so complex and has so many moving pieces, it can be very hard to play that with. Yeah, if you know, it's really complex. <laughs> it's really designed for only one person per per whatever then it makes it harder to to be able to play especially if you have yeah four people on the same yeah. screen yeah overall I, I think it was a it was a ton of fun playing with you um yeah. i i want to i want to do it more and so Nintendo needs to put this patch out so we can do it more easily online um and even though it was just the two of us i could see how the fun would be multiplied even more if we had a third or fourth person in there so I, I'm excited to get a big room of friends together and do that, or even with some people in our Discord and stuff once once that patch comes out. Yeah, exactly. I'm very much looking forward to uh, that dropping. So I feel like, you know, it's been like, what, two months since that game released? Yeah, so, it's been a while. Let's, should, let's should, get it rolling. That, that patch they, should be coming soon, I feel like. They get announced that Nintendo. patch a couple weeks before the game came out. So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we've been waiting. We will see. But it's Nintendo and online, so. <laughs> and again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It'll come out and then it won't work or it won't work the way you want it to or whatever. Yeah. So uh, uh, other yeah. than Mario Maker, you've been playing anything else? Yeah, the other game I've been playing is No Man's Sky. I've been getting back into it um, somewhat in anticipation. Awesome. The No Man's Sky Beyond update releases tomorrow on August 14th, Woo-hoo. which they are adding so many different things in. They're adding VR in. They are adding VR. Uh, like VR. 16 to 32 VR, players. VR. Yes, there is VR. VR <laughs> That's is confirmed. What for. <laughs> all of the impressions of people playing VR have are like this is the game that VR was made for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Overhyping it yeah. as you know, but it, it does look pretty cool. Um, and then they're adding in multiplayer with Beyond, and then they're adding in a ton of just random things like you you're gonna be able to tame and like ride uh aliens or not aliens but like creatures and stuff like that that you find on different worlds you'll be able to milk them which is very strange i didn't hear that part (laughs) yeah you can milk them so you know man i know the first thing i'm doing once i put on my headset (laughs) milk a space cow milk those space cows that's what we all want yeah it's it's a very big update um but i've just been playing um i played a little bit when uh next came out i believe it was last year and then I stopped and I've been kind of getting back into it. And yeah. uh, it's just, they've, they've really done so much work on this game since it initially released it and have made it a lot, lot better. Um, even like the visuals and stuff like that look drastically upgraded mm-hmm. compared to 
when it first released. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. It's still a really fun game to just kind of chill, put some like sci-fi music onto and just chill and go around and try <laughs> yeah. and upgrade yeah, your character. As part of the update, they're adding uh, multiplayer spaces to support up to 32 people. Mm-hmm. And so you can be in these giant areas with over 30 people in it. And they said there's going to be like a Nexus kind of like port, like hub area in each kind of like system and so it's kind of be like there. a social space right yeah they like they literally compared it to the tower in destiny where you can go around and there's people that you can npcs you can talk and trade with and pick up quests or you can just meet up with other adventurers and join like a kind of like a fire team and go through as a group and do different stuff together with randoms or meet with your friends or trade things and so just really really cool expansive stuff and like i said or you know like they said when the game first came out there's multiplayer it's such a big world you can do it they're finally delivering on a what looks like a really cool multiplayer experience and i know i'm really excited to check it out with you and you know i can play in vr and you can play standard and we can run around Still together play and together, do a bunch yeah. of stuff yeah honestly i'm just excited just to i hear you like because you can play with the the motion controls so i'm gonna use the motion controllers you like literally open up like the the hatch on your ship and you climb in physically <laughs> and then you can control the different levers and the flight you know, sticks and different stuff with your hands and you like, it just sounds so cool. I just want to fly around in VR. Like I haven't, you know, I don't really have any game that gives me free flight control, you know, in a really big area like this. Dude, Cause playing you can play that, all I can think of is sandbox. Yeah. In, in... No, all I can think of is playing that, uh, star Wars battlefield X-wing mission, VR mission when it yeah. first came out. <laughs> and that was still like the coolest thing I remember playing on VR. To this day yeah. so if it's anything yeah. that you know delivers on something like that that would be amazing yes i'm i'm excited i'm gonna be starting a new new save file tomorrow when it comes out tomorrow night and uh be playing that in vr until uh you know start sweating really bad and have to take the headset off <laughs> don't throw up in your headset jeffrey yeah so hopefully that does not happen but gotta get your um, vr also, legs back it, i'm not saying that it won't be great and you know i i've they i They've been saying, you know, they've been working on the VR portion specifically for, you know, many, many years and they've worked really hard and it's supposed to be amazing. But uh, on, as far as like VR, like news reporting, like, you know, being a VR owner for the last year, whenever I go to like VR sites, they overhype so many different games. And so I'm trying to keep myself. Okay, a little that's bit good to know because I because, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, because like I've there's probably been like seven different games in the last year that I've read about that are like, this is the VR system seller that will make VR like mainstream. And like, you know, I'm not saying those <laughs> games were bad, but like, you know, I've heard, heard this rhetoric that, you know, it's the best, most amazing VR thing ever many, many times. Cause people who run VR media are like all in on VR. So if they play a good game, they're just like, this is the next greatest. Okay. Like this is the next Mario okay. 64. Here it is. Well, so, we, we will have to wait and see and bring you impressions yes. on our next We'll show. definitely give you lots of impressions next week. I'm yep. excited to, yep. to check it out because I haven't really played at all since uh, the game first launched and it was in a very different game. So yes. Awesome. What, uh, so what have you been playing Jeff? Yeah, so I've been playing a couple different games. Um, did quickly want to talk a little bit more about Dr. Mario World. Um, like I said, I haven't spent a dime in this game. It kind of takes the typical match three puzzle formula for Dr. Mario, where if you remember original Dr. Mario, right, you have to match four of a color to get rid of um, you know, the viruses and stuff. Now you only have to match three. Um, okay. And then basically the pills are now moving from the bottom of the screen up towards the top. 
Um, but basically, but they used the, to the game... drop, right? In the original, they, yeah, they would drop. So it was very okay. similar to Tetris. It'd go from top to bottom. You could see what your next one was, and you just had to clear the different little virus colors. And there's blue, red, and green. Okay. Um, so, so they've added more virus colors. They've added different kind of modifiers to make the levels more challenging as you progress through the game. Um, and then you unlock different characters, and that's one of the ways they want you to spend money is, you know, oh, I want to unlock Dr. Waluigi because there's a Dr. Waluigi now, and there's a <laughs> Dr. Diddy and Dr. Bowser Jr. and stuff. And so... Um, do the different doctors the, have different power? Like, do they affect the game? Yeah, in any every way? character has basically their own specific character power that helps you. Okay. Um, okay. You can activate it depending on the ability once or twice per level. Yeah. Um, and then what's really cool in this game actually is there's a versus mode as well. Mm -hmm. And you can play it uh, with friends, which I haven't tried because I don't think I have any friends with this. <laughs> uh, slash I don't play it enough. Yeah. Uh, but you can just play online with random people. And somehow Nintendo was able to make an online Nintendo game that doesn't have long matchmaking or any lag because I played this game quite a bit on online versus it takes up literally up to five seconds tops to find a match and instantly start playing against someone randomly, which I'm not used to with Nintendo online on like on any of their consoles. Um, and then like, it works really, really well. Then you get like special rewards and stuff from playing online and, Pretty much when you play the versus mode, it, you know, sends kind of junk over to your other person. And, you know, once the person's screen becomes filled, kind of like Tetris, you lose the battle or whatever. But they must have um, had the same people work on it who worked on Tetris 99. Nintendo, whoever those people probably, are, yeah. promote them and make them in charge of all of your online <laughs> services. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm pretty impressed with the online and you can play the online as much as you want. Um, there's mm -hmm. no limit. But if you do play like the single player kind of stages um kind of the free-to-play aspect of it um because the game is free to download is you only get like five hearts yeah and if you play a level and don't beat it you lose a heart um that being said i've never played the game enough where i've ran out of hearts slash nintendo gives you tons of free hearts anyways okay um, so it sounds similar so, to like yeah, yeah. there's a pokemon puzzle game that come in, came out a couple years ago that had a similar and i mean a lot of mobile yeah, games yeah. have similar Tactics. yeah but like i said i never have run into the issue because even if i do nice. play five levels in a row mm -hmm. usually i i don't fail the level because you know i'm only in the second world or whatever i'm not failing levels over and over and over i'm not the hard level so <laughs> i beat the level and it doesn't cost me a heart or anything so usually i just stop playing because i'm playing on my wife's phone because i don't really have a smartphone that can play it and it is a total battery hog and that is probably the biggest thing going against this game it drains batteries so so fast which i know some of the other nintendo games did too but yeah yeah um but yeah i have fun with it it's worth checking out um yeah it's, it's free not so i i will try and download it and check it out since i haven't actually done it yet it's good to hear yeah. that it is worth checking out yeah we can play a online versus game i can play against you as dr ludwig Ooh, <laughs> the koopa kid ludwig sounds good <laughs> yeah um what else but actually, uh, I went back to Sonic Adventure 2 uh, th this last week, and I've been playing that a bunch. Like the um, Sonic Adventure My favorite Sonic game. GameCube? Is that the one? Yeah, the original Sonic Adventure 2 came out in Dreamcast. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Definitive Edition came out on the GameCube. Uh, but I've been playing it just on my Xbox One because I bought it on the 360 when they ported it, and mm -hmm. it's playable on Xbox One. And it's a really good port. Like, it's pretty much exactly the same, runs really well, looks really good on you know modern tvs and stuff mm -hmm. and 
Um, yeah, I just forgot how much I love this game and how replayable the levels are. And I've gotten back into the grind of like leveling up and playing with the Chow Garden area. <laughs> if you listen to the show, you I probably don't sound like someone who's into like pet simulator type stuff. But for whatever reason, because I played this game growing up, like I love these cute little Chow creatures that are in Sonic Adventure 2 as a totally optional side part of the game. It has pretty much nothing to do with <laughs> going fast or the main gameplay, but giving these little animals and doing little races and customizing their looks and stuff yeah i just really like that loop and i mean i'll say that one of the other main reasons i've been playing this is it's been like the first video game that my daughter has like very much taken notice of and really enjoys watching and so like i got her own like little chow baby and like we we kind (laughs) of she sits there and watches me play and literally as soon as the level like ends and here's like the cha-cha-ching and like the little like fanfare at the end she goes chow time chow time and she's like <laughs> she knows like you go straight to chow garden after you beat the level and you know wow up- upgrade her little character and stuff so <laughs> that's it, awesome it's, it's fun it's a good that's, that's good family really game nice Hold, holds up really well uh still today in in my opinion i know if you've probably never played it before it probably isn't the best play nowadays but <laughs> very nostalgic for me as it was probably my most played game on the gamecube so wow Sweet, that's good to hear. Yep, I've I've been uh, giving your chow a little bit of a uh, little bit of love too. Nathan. Chalulu, so I can't believe right. I still remember the name of that stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> Chalulu, he, he lives on. Oh, uh, man. Whenever I enter the garden, he like flies down from like a perch, and he uh, I gave him some like peacock wings or something like that. So. Oh, cool, cool. My my, uh, my daughter loves it. Whenever she sees it, she goes Nathan, Nathan, because I told her that's your chow, and she. she <laughs> connected it now oh my gosh that's so weird to me that like a video game virtual pet that like i think i created what like seven or six or seven years ago now or at something least like, like that seven years at ago. least seven years ago it's like still technically living in the weird world that we live in so yep. thank you cloud saves <laughs> crazy um anyways uh I also uh, checked out Mario Tennis Aces. Um, well, I guess not checked out, but been playing it a bunch with, uh, with they Adam. A, they had their free trial going on. Yeah, the free trial uh, just, I think, just ended tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But played a bunch with uh, Adam, who is a big Mario sports fan, and um, you know, he was interested in Aces, but hadn't picked it up yet. And so he played through like the entire campaign during this free demo, like beat the game. And got really good at the game and so we've just been playing online doubles with each other um just online tournaments yeah we've just been like wrecking people online (laughs) and it's such a fun experience because playing like a sports game specifically tennis where you know doubles is such a team-oriented sport yeah we really rely on your partner and having a partner who really knows what they're doing and understands the mechanics really well is so much fun because all the people i've played this with like my brothers or like you and stuff like haven't haven't really don't have a ton of experience yeah don't just have that's fine you can just say we suck at the game we won't be offended well just there's a lot of new mechanics and aces that are a little tricky to understand and stuff so you know he's able to put he put it over five hours in and beat the game so like he Mm -hmm. understands everything really well and so we just make a really good team and uh uh, i think we won six six different online tournaments uh in just wow what the awesome three days that we played over the weekend yeah yeah that's really sweet so we make a really good team. So now I'm just uh, really hoping that uh, it goes on sale so I can get, get it for him. him or, yeah. or he gets it so yeah. he can play more. Yes. Awesome. 
But yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, we talked about it on the last show. If you guys were interested, you got a chance to check it out. It's a really fun online game if you uh, have someone to play with. I kind of fell in love with it again. Yeah, nice. Um, and the last game I wanted to play, uh, I wanted to talk about was uh, Borderlands the pre-sequel, which um, I don't on PS4 for a long time in the Handsome Collection, but never never got around to playing. And uh, I saw that Anthony, uh, another good friend of the show, hosts us, um, was playing it and so i decided to download it on a game pass and check it out with him so we've been kind of going through that game in co-op and i'm only like level 11 or something so far but i'm actually having a better time with it than i thought i would um i like it a lot more than borderlands 2 because you are in outer space like on the moon for this oh okay so far Mm -hmm. and so it the the movement is a lot more vertical and it feels a little bit more like destiny where you can like jump up into the air and you kind of like float and you have like a little jet pack and you can like ground pound and stuff like that so there's like little little quality of life things and then the character i'm playing is a lot more fun than the borderlands 2 character i was who was a mostly stealth character and this character literally their super move is an aimbot that you just pull down the trigger and it just automatically aims for like a perfect shot at the character for like 10 seconds. And so it's like a super (laughs) overpowered, really fun ability. And it resets like every like 20, 30 seconds. So like not not even that long. Holy cow. That's like such a short timer. (laughs) Exactly. So it's really fun. I'm starting to feel really powerful, even though I'm, you know, barely even scratch the surface of, you know, finding good powers and loot and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, Pretty much exclusively just playing it co-op with uh, with Anthony, so I'll probably keep on trucking away that with that uh, playing that with him, and yeah, it's it's one of those games. You know, I think I just needed uh, the person a person uh, who really knew the game to who was chill to play with, and that is that is what I have found. Yeah, Anthony is a very big Borderlands fan, so you <laughs> yes, yes. take the right yeah, person to play in, with. Playing on like some crazy like level thirty character doing all this crazy stuff, and then he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'll log into my my new character I made it, to play it's with you. into my character I made for you." Yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah. that's awesome. Fun so experience. You you've been playing a lot. Sounds like I have. Yep, I'm, it's the last hurrah summer. You know, school starting <laughs> back up, and I think uh, all three of our lives you know rob even he's not here today because he's got some important family stuff going on but i think we're all going to be getting a lot busier soon and i think our what what we're playing might be a little less interesting in the future so yes that is that is very true sadly but uh we will get some uh some no man's sky update uh, and some no man's sky vrn uh, to talk about for next show but exactly sweet anyways i think that about wraps everything up is there any anything else you want to talk about before we head out nathan no, uh, I'm very much looking forward to the No Man's Sky update that drops tomorrow. And uh, game, I think Gamescom is this week too, right? The the end oh, of this week. Yeah. So there'll yeah, be so some. We'll I think there's supposed to be some updates from some different games. I think Death Stranding has a supposed to have a trailer, and you know, so it'll be interesting. There should be some good video game news coming out the next couple of days. So keep your eyes open for that. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. You can find us on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. And we will leave you with Metal Harbor from Sonic Adventure 2 official soundtrack. Have a good week, everyone. See you later. See ya.